For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Bird 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good Super Monday, Birds fans. It is the official Super Bowl week, and we'll be talking about the lead-up to Super Bowl 57 all week here on Birds 365. Eagles, Chiefs in Arizona come next Sunday. And, oh, by the way, the Birds have landed, Johnny Mac. All the Eagles on a big old jet plane got out to Arizona yesterday to prep for the Super Bowl. And it is a little bit different than basically any other week. Uh, there are bye weeks in the National Football League, but... Teams do not get into town a week in advance no. of an upcoming game until you are playing in the biggest game of them all, the Super Bowl, and you were around them all last week. The Eagles seem pretty well adjusted and prepared for a different week than a lot of them have ever faced before. Yeah, it is different, and that's why you know Nick Sirianni's been pretty 
steady throughout this whole process. Everything stays the same week one to Detroit, you know, all the way up to the NFC championship game. You can do that. Basically you can do that, but you can't do it in Super Bowl week because all of it is different. And as you mentioned, you're in there one week early, go back to Super Bowl 52. All Sean Jeffrey had a great uh, interview about that, wishing he could come into the game on, on, on like a normal week uh, Saturday. Like me, I'll be I'll be going in late for the game, uh, but they got to go through all this rigmarole during the week. Starts with the the photo ops of the planes landing and and at Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport, and um, it, it kicks off from there. Uh, and and it is different, and everything down to the game because you have the Super Bowl halftime show, which is such a big deal now. So it's much longer halftime than usual. Um, everything about this game is different. So you can talk about everything being the same, but it's just not. And they'll be prepared because I think Nick Sirianni's done a good job all year. He has prepared them for this moment, not necessarily the Super Bowl, but just the fact that that's what you're paid to do is adjust. That not everything you like to keep everything the same and as structured as possible. And then spit happens. And then you have to be able to adjust and uh, do things differently and do them on the fly. And for a lot of the Eagle players, there are how many, six or seven guys, including a guy like Greg Ward, who's on the practice <laughs> yeah, squad both times. Yeah. Uh, there's a handful of guys that uh, have experience in it from just five years ago when the Eagles won the championship. That means there are a whole lot of guys that have never been through this before. So they're they're doing it and learning it on the fly as they go but they seem like a pretty smart bunch and a pretty controlled bunch. So I just get the feeling, and maybe this is me with Eagle colored glasses on. I don't think the fact that it is such a different week from anything else they've ever done before. I don't think it's going to have all that adverse an effect on this team. No, I I don't really look at that kind of stuff as anything that's going to cost you a game or anything of that nature. I don't, I never look at it that much, but I do think there's a sort of adjustment period but that can happen in a regular season game you you might have some hiccups early in the game but once you get into the guts of the game everybody tends to settle down then it becomes you know who's gonna play better on that particular game day um so i don't want to overstate it but it is different the eagles have kind of mentioned you know the last two years in the draft they've kind of kind of gone you know alabama centric and then um Georgia centric and and those guys have played in every bit as big as a game at that level um and because it is that big and 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 so maybe that helps a little bit as well but yeah I mean I I'm, I'm I'm with you I you know that's not going to that's not going to decide this game because Kansas City's in their third Super Bowl in 4 years they're not just going to roll out the footballs and say oh Kansas City's been here before. In fact, you know, you could spin it the other way. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes, we all know how good he is and 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 how good he's been. Hasn't played well in Super Bowls, you know. Maybe there's maybe there's pressure on him because the microscope is is that much larger and, you know, this is the greatest passer rating of all time who kind of not so much in Super Bowls, so maybe maybe that creeps into his mind. So you can look at it a lot of different ways. 
I like your attempted spin on Mahomes. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to buy it, but I like it. And uh, yeah, he wasn't great in the Tampa game, but I cut him a whole bunch of slack there because their line was just absolutely decimated going into that game. And uh, Tampa made his life a living heck. He didn't have one. Left. Now, Shaq Barrett had a big game. Yeah, they lost their two tackles. You and I talked about that on CBS. People don't look at the context of these things. They just kind of forget. Uh, but didn't play well against San Francisco either uh, from his uh, typical, um, you know, standard uh, 78 passer rating against San Francisco. Pretty much played poorly for three quarters right? and then turned it on in the fourth quarter. So you have this, whatever his passer rating is, and our buddy Jeff Kerr put it up this morning. You can check out his Twitter account. It's, it's the NFL's best in history, 106. In Super Bowls, it's under 70. So, you know, you're, you're right about the Tampa Bay game. The Tampa Bay game was unique because they lost one of their tackles in the championship game. In the AFC Championship game, towards ACL, and Mitchell Schwartz have been out for a while, but they didn't have either of their starting tackles. You rewind a year to San Francisco, though. Now, they had no issues, and he didn't play well, at least compared to his usual standards. Except, as you just stated, he played well in the fourth quarter and won the football game, which kind of overshadows his ineffectiveness for the first three games. And uh, sorry, Eagle fans, but I, I'll go out on a limb on this one. I'm going to say he's going to have higher than a 70 passer rating in the Super Bowl. Just just a shot I'm going to take here. That's a good that, uh, that's a good prop bet. I yeah, would go over as well. You would go over 70, 75, somewhere there. About, yeah, I think he'll probably do You're better. You're going over 106, though. That, to me, is the key. That's is true. Is he over or under 106? That's his career passer rating. Right. I think he's under. I think he's under. Well, then if we split the difference between 70 and 106, that's about 88, 90. That will be a key for me. If he's 108, then you might be in trouble. Eagles uh, could very well lose the game. If he's in that 90, 95 range, that's probably where the game is going to lie, a close game that is is decided late. Yeah, I was lucky enough to have John McMullen on my CBS show yesterday. And one of the things I asked him about was something we talked a little bit about here on Birds 365 last week, and that is, being prepped for a game like this, the Super Bowl is different than any other bye week leading up to a, a return to the field. But Andy Reid has been so good in bye weeks and it stretches all the way back here to his start in Philadelphia as a head coach for his entire career. He's 28 and three leading into bye weeks. I gave you the, the little offspring of that, that when the other team, the team that's playing is also on a bye week. He's only two and three. So the Eagles also coming in uh, off a bye. But uh, if you're worried about the Eagles being able to handle this off week and not all that many guys have done it before, at least leading into a Super Bowl, Andy Reid has. This is his fourth Super Bowl. A whole bunch of players on the Kansas City Chiefs have. This is their third Super Bowl in the last four years. If the Eagles win this game, it's not going to be because Kansas City isn't prepped for it, Johnny. No, I agree with that. Uh, yeah, you and I talked about that. I, that's a huge sample size, 28 and three coming off a of bye week. And, you know, the smaller sample size of not being successful uh, when both teams are coming off a of bye, Super Bowl would be an indication of that. Um, 
is not as as important to me because it's a small sample size and you and that's why I brought up that Tampa game to you on the radio um you know people forget it it gets lost in history what was going on at that moment Kansas City was really up against it you know if you were a sharp as as my buddy the Billy Godfather likes to say on the betting markets you could have taken advantage of that situation Everybody thinks Kansas City's the better team, but they're all banged up. It's so important. To, I, I talk about it all the time. If you can block people, you can score on anybody in this league. First-ranked defense, San Francisco. Second-ranked defense, Philadelphia. You can score on anybody if you can block people. The, the, the flip side of that is if you can't block people, you're in trouble. Uh, and because of the injuries, they couldn't block people. That, to me, is, is contextual, very important. So those small sample sizes, they don't matter. You can throw them out. But 28-3, and three, that tells you, all right, this team's going to be prepared. This team is going to be ready to go. They're going to do everything possible. They're going to do everything the right way. And it's not going to be the New York Giants. It's not going to be the San Francisco 49ers with Brock Purdy and Josh Johnson. This is going to be, if you win the Super Bowl, you're going to earn it. That's what this game is going to be. Yeah, the best team in the NFC against the best team in the AFC. That's the way it's supposed to work out, and I think that's what we have right here. Uh, both number one seeds, both with the best records in their respective conferences for the regular season, and they both have adv- advanced to Super Bowl uh, number 57. All right, uh, Johnny Mack, you did mention the 49ers. I want to get this in before we punch up our first guest, which will be... Our buddy Mike Missinelli, who had a weekend off, wasn't down at Oceans prepping for an Eagles post-game show. No, he, like Andy Reid and the Philadelphia Eagles and everyone else associated with the game, had a week off to prepare and get ready. So we're going to punch Mikey Miss up coming up in just a couple of minutes. Uh, in the rearview mirror is that win over the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship game. Except some of the 49ers won't let it go. Brandon Ayuk this weekend. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to shred that Eagle defense. The Eagles were lucky to beat us. It was all about uh, our guys being her. The Eagles were the better team last week. I said that uh, ahead of time. I said it after the game. Was there some luck involved in the game? Yeah, the Eagles got a little lucky that the camera angle that showed that Devontae Smith actually dropped the football wasn't seen early enough for them to challenge good on the Eagles hustling up and snapping the ball quickly. So it didn't happen, but there's a little luck involved there. Brock Purdy getting hurt on his fifth pass of the game. There's a little luck involved here. 24 points of luck. I don't think so, Brandon. No. Uh, the, the better no. football team won the game. It's time to move on to 2023, not live in the uh, sour grapes past that the Eagles are playing in this game and your 49ers aren't. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think most of it had to do with the quarterback getting hurt. But again, I mean, it, it was a clean hit. Uh, it was a legal hit. And you know, that's, you know, a good pass rush by a good player. Uh, so that factors into it as well. I don't even consider, look, you know, you fight all year to get the number one seed. Guess what? If If you're at home and there's a bang-bang play, they're not going to show the angle, the best angle on the scoreboard in stadium, Kyle Shanahan, so you got to do something. I don't consider that luck. I've said that from point one, and I'm a big Kyle Shanahan guy when it comes to play calling, play scheming. 
I'm not a big Kyle Shanahan guy when it comes to game management. There are numerous things you can do. You can call timeout. I said you you don't use them anyway because you have four delay of game penalties. You can call timeout. You can wait. You can wait and see. Maybe they take a look at it. The NFL's going to the sky judge sort of deep back, though. They won't admit, but they're doing it. And they keep looking at these plays in New York, and maybe they come up with the right angle. Maybe they overturn the play. I blame that completely on the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. The fact that you think, oh, the Eagles at Lincoln Finer, we're going to put up the, the immediate broadcast of Devontae Smith not catching that football. Stop. That's what you're doing. If it were at, 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 in Santa Clara, the 49ers would have done the same thing. If they had the angle, they would have put it up for everybody to see immediately. That's what home field advantage is. So that part, I don't even give 10 seconds of thought. That's all on the head coach. All on the head coach. Should have called timeout. Should have thrown the red challenge flag. Should have done something. Again, he doesn't use his timeouts anyway, so who cares if you lose a timeout? Um, Now, the part about the quarterback getting hurt, it was only six plays. But I think that play where Brock Purdy got injured was an indication why the Eagles were not going, why the 49ers were not going to win that game. Would have been closer. But guess what? It's a play action. That's the Shanahan offense. You're trying to fool the defense. Um, You know, a veteran quarterback knows that's been in this scheme, and this scheme's been around forever uh, with with Kyle's dad, Gary Kubiak. So many teams use it right now. Part of that play is the quarterback has to know there is a situation where a potential pass rusher could be bearing down on you, and you have to get rid of the football. Now, a rookie quarterback is not going to know as much as a 13, 14-year veteran. That's part of it. That's part of what happened. But guess what? That wasn't changing. Even if he scraped himself off the floor, that kind of savviness is not going to happen. They were not going to win that football game. Now, football, NFL football is very emotional. You see it with the fans. Brandon Ayuk is upset. He's upset they lost the game. And he thinks they lost the game because they lost their quarterback. They lost the game. They were going to lose the game anyway. They were, Jody. That's the way I saw it. And the whole complaining about not showing the picture on the big screen. Down oh, that's, that's ridiculous. That's just ridiculously an asinine. That was a pretty stupid statement by Shanahan. Uh, could they have potentially, if they had taken the timeout, as you suggested, maybe seen the replay by the time they snapped the ball for the next play? Maybe. So, yes, I, I put it on Shanahan, too, but even more so the idiotic stance of, oh, well, they didn't get it up there on the jumbo test enough. Stop it, coach. You're smarter than that. You knew that had no chance of happening whatsoever. Uh, don't know what the date is, but we know that the San Francisco 49ers are coming back into Lincoln Financial Field again in 2023. Schedule is already out for next year, and because they both Most, finished might first be some post traumatic stress syndrome there for the 49ers. Uh, My god, and, and our little revenge, we'll uh, see how it plays. But, uh, Brandon, you've got all off the season to think about it, big guy. The Eagles are kind of busy this week, they've got a game against the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl. 57. He's John McMullen. I'm Jerry McDonald. We are the Mac and Mac Birds 365 guys. Our first guest of the week leading up to Super Bowl 57, starting off on the right foot. 
is our buddy Mike Missinelli from the Jacob Media Post Game Show down at Oceans. That's where he'll be next Sunday. He's here with us on Birds 365 next. Post Game Show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missinelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post Game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Why do millions of people every year from around the world visit Philly's Rocky statue? You want to tell me the sky is burgundy with green stripes and yellow polka dots? I'll meet you on that. But you're never going to convince me Rocky is anything other than the pure greatness that it is. Never going to happen. Join me, Paul Farber, for WHYY's The Statue. We're going on a journey to explore the biography of the Rocky statue. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Hi, I'm Jim Muehlbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go For Monday here on Birds 365 because the Super Bowl is coming up in now just six days. It is dragging. The two-week wait is getting to us. Uh, but we are getting that much closer. We're down to just one week, couple of days, as a matter of fact. You know, help us get there to start the week off right is our first guest of Super Week. That would be our buddy Mike Missinelli from the Jacob Media post-game show right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Mikey Miss, what'd you do with your down weekend? <laughs> you know, I'm glad you brought that up because yesterday I was really struggling uh, and, and there was nothing on it. And I was, uh, I found myself 
In what do you Raptors. mean Pro Bowl games, Mike? Well, yeah, I, I, I believe it or not, got into PBA bowling yesterday. Yeah. Ooh. The bowling was on. It was on Fox. And uh, I remember in the old days when uh, when Chris Schenkel used to Chris do the Schenkel. bowling on Sunday. So, like, I kind of got back into it. But, you know, I, it's weird the way that bowling is set up where the guy who's the fifth seat has to win, like, 100 matches to get to win the championship. And by that time, I'm thinking the, the right arm's got to be tired, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and our buddy, just... I don't know. Do you know Nick Fierro used to cover the Eagles? Yes. For, yeah, uh, I knew Nick very well. Nick uh, Nick is a former pro bowler. He, really? He, yeah. And, and our own Jeff Kerr. I know is a tremendous bowler. Once bowled a 300 game. There's some bowling. Uh, wow. Uh, I used to bowl in the league as a kid, like when I was 14, but the bowling style is different now. They're, they, they roll it with two hands. Like it's, you know, they used to get, had the, 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 the clockwork delivery where you take it way back. Yeah. These yeah. Guys yeah. Now do it with two hands and they spin it. And, uh, but they're, they're magical at it. So I, I was highly entertained by the bowling, but not much else. Because then I, I started to watch Penn State basketball, and and they got beat by the Japanese Steph Curry yesterday. <laughs> a kid from Japan lit him up for thirty. Some five ten kid from Japan lit him up for thirty. So I was really struggling yesterday to watch stuff. That's yeah. funny. I like the bowling. That's like Rick Barry with the underhand free throws back in the day. Yeah, I, I like I like guys. Yeah, they, these guys have a new style of bowling where it increases their speed and their spin. And uh, I don't know. It's you know everything evolves. All right, some PBA knowledge from Mike Missanelli. <laughs> but let's get it back to the important stuff. I guess we'll start with Jody and I were talking about Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, this best player in football, you know, all-time leader in the NFL when it comes to passer rating. He's been unbelievable. But Mike hasn't played well in Super Bowls. You think that? can can have some this is the biggest stage right had two subpar subpar games at least by his standards can that yeah, creep I, into his mindset you know i this is this game john is so difficult to call because you would think the eagles would have the edge with their uh, offensive and defensive lines uh but this kid makes so many fluky plays like i'm thinking okay yeah. even if 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 reddit gets through chases them around it's almost the worst thing because he finds something out there and and, and he gets that those chunk plays that you at least expect it so you know you can you can analyze i mean there's a lot of uh, stats that you can analyze here to give the eagles the edge uh not the least of which is there's this one stat i saw where if the number one passing defense goes against the number one passing game the defense wins by an average of 31 points now i don't know how many times that's happened but that's pretty significant uh, because that 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 means you're getting enough heat on the quarterback, you're yeah. getting enough coverage where he's going to make mistakes. I don't know if this guy makes mistakes. Um, so I, I mean, I don't know how to call this game. I really don't. But let me ask you about that eagle coverage because I've asked everybody we've had on this show, any of my other shows, uh, because I honestly don't have the answer. Watching the Chiefs, certainly watch them in the playoffs, catch them during the regular season. They lose Tyreek Hill during the offseason. So you know that on any given play, Patrick Mahomes' first choice is throw it to Travis Kelsey. And his second choice is probably throw it to Travis Kelsey. And his third choice would be, let me see if I can throw it to Travis Kelsey. Yet, like 10 times a game, Travis Kelsey is wide open. 
It's one thing to get open and go up and make a 50-50 contested catch or a phenomenal throw. Like eight out of ten are him standing there by himself and Mahomes just hits him in the chest and he makes 13, 14, 15 yards. How the hell does this guy get this wide open when everybody and his brother knows, Mikey, they're going to try and throw it to Travis Yeah, I, it's, it's a pretty amazing thing. and it's, it's a significant part of this game. So if, if you look at it, uh, if, if Reddick can get pressure, do they think about keeping him in a little longer before he goes into the pattern? So like he has to chip. I mean, that, that to me is there are two advantages for the Eagles. One, that one. And also C.J. Garner-Johnson, I, I think, is a, a really good player. And I think they'll be able to cover him better than a lot of teams will. So, to me, that's uh, that's an advantage the Eagles have in this. But you're right. I mean, and, and you know, they're down to the hyphens catching passes at wide receiver. They got two hyphens out there. They're all banged <laughs> up, and up, and and Hardman's out. And so, you know, Valdez Scantling and and uh, uh, Juju Smith Schuster. So, I mean, they're not dynamic pass catching wide receivers. So. Uh, and yeah, they make it work. It's phenomenal. Well, and let's talk about the guy who makes it work, Andy Reid. So we all know Andy. We're very familiar with Andy. He's gotten better uh, in Kansas City. Um, 28 and 3. That's a pretty large sample size, Mike Missinelli. 28 and 3 with the bye week. Now that tells me the Chiefs are going to be prepared. What does it tell you? Yeah. <laughs> pretty much does tell me they're going to be prepared. I mean, listen, he's he he uh, he takes advantage of what his strengths are, and and he attacks your weaknesses. Now, uh, I don't know what are the Eagles' weaknesses on defense uh, because they're pretty they're pretty stout um, in, in in all areas. I mean, you can exploit linebackers in coverage, but I think that the Eagles are smart enough and Gannon is smart enough not to to get him in that kind of a situation. So. Um, yeah, it shows a lot of pride. He's a more experienced coach. <laughs> There's no question that what the Eagles are going to present uh, in, in this game. So, uh, again, if, if the Eagles can run the football, and I'm thinking Andy Reid's going, okay, I know that too. Spagnuolo knows it. If we stop them from running the football, then we've got a much better chance to win this game. And so that that's really what it's going to come down to. And and the other thing is, you know, Jalen didn't look good in the last game. And, and I wonder if this is enough time for him to recover to actually throw the ball down the field. You're right. Um, we, we're trying not to talk about it here in Philadelphia, but I don't think either quarterback's going to be at 100% for the game. I think Mahomes' ankle is still going to be an issue, not a major issue, because he made the big running play at the end of the game that got him into the Super Bowl against Cincinnati. And Jalen Hurts has won two blowout contests, not necessarily because of him, but the Eagles have won two blowout contests. Is that what's come going to come down to, Mike? Whoever's quarterback is closest to being actually 100%? Yeah, well, one has proven that he can win without being 100% because he's just so he's so magical and creative. Um, if Jalen can't throw the ball like he was used to throwing it, they're at a major disadvantage. And uh, you know, I look at the, what they're going to do. They're going to they're going to RPO him, uh, obviously. So uh, you know, you look at um, the the Eagles uh, and the KC run defense versus RPOs. I I don't think they've faced a lot of them, but they're they're average. Uh, they're like 19th in the league versus RPO uh, uh, running play. So that's, that's certainly an advantage. And then, you know, yeah, the Chris Jones thing is, is a monster factor also, because even if you double team him, his win rate is astounding. So, you know, 
that's what they're going to have to they're going to have to get the RPOs going. And I, I think if those numbers indicate that they can. You know, I've been going down that route pretty consistently, Mike. You bring up Chris Jones, and Chris Jones is a phenomenal player, maybe the best defensive lineman of football this year. Um, on the other hand, all right, Nick Bosa is going to be defensive player of the year. I didn't know he was on the field against the Eagles. Uh, the week before, Dexter Lawrence, second-team All-Pro, just destroyed Minnesota, and you say, ooh, they got a problem with Dexter Lawrence. I didn't know he was on the field. Am I too worried about Chris Jones with this offensive line? Well, I mean, Chris Jones has come from a different spot here. So, uh, you know, Bosa was kind of late in the loafers a little bit, and I thought Lane was able to bully him. Yeah, Chris Jones is going to come. But Dexter, he's he's interior. Yeah, well, yeah, Dexter, yeah, you're right about that. But, like, you know, the Kelsey matchup and uh, what they do at right guard against Chris Jones is is, is going to be uh, interesting to me. So, I mean, he – and he's – like he's going crazy in the fourth quarter because like the yeah. numbers like he had, had eight sacks in, in the fourth quarter, which is uh, uh, you know phenomenal. Um, and and they're they're second in, in sacks in the NFL. So um, I don't know. I you know the obvious thing is you stay away from Lane Johnson. Uh, you hope that the the middle of the offensive line can curtail Chris Jones, and and you worry about my uh, a little bit. Um, but you know the, the Eagles are going to have to run the football. It's really simple, and they've proven that they can against pretty much any team. Now, when you say run the football, are we talking plus one here? You just mentioned Kansas City at best average against the RPOs. Jalen going to keep it a lot? Going to put he it down, really pull it back out, and take off and try and get himself 10? I think he has to. I think he has to He has to run the football in this game. And, and uh, you know, this is, this is the last game. You, you can't worry about whether – He's 100% in running it, whether he's going to get re-injured. He, he's got to play with his hair on fire. And, and and one of the things that makes them successful is he keeps. And they do these design running plays where he keeps. It's going to have to happen. All right. I'm, I want to throw something unique at both of you guys. All right. Tonight is Super Bowl opening night. Uh, where all the goofballs get to dress in the costumes. And Enos Sainez gets her 15 minutes of pain. But... There's an interesting part of this in that the NFL sort of puts a group on risers, podiums, uh, the players, and they generally, you kind of get the NFL's feel for who they think is stars in this game. And it starts with Nick Sirianni and Andy Reid, the coaches. But then it goes to the players. And the Eagles riser players, it starts with Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson's five, Jordan Mailata, Hassan Reddick, Brandon Grant, Fletcher Cox, Darius Slay, Miles Sanders. The Chiefs, you start with Andy Reid. Then you get to Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, the obvious names. And it falls off a cliff to Frank Clark. What that tells me, the Eagles are the far deeper team in this football game. If there's a positive, look to the risers. Am I crazy? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're you're right. I think they are the better overall team. If you if you look at the personnel, I think they're the, the better overall team. I, I it scares me that the line has gone down a point. Uh, now I don't want to make that uh, down to a, to a point and a half. So uh, I think it's going to be a really even game. Um, to me, the Eagles have the advantage in the trenches. I mean, it's, let's face it. I, I think that's where their advantage lies. So. Um, 
on either side of the football, I think they have an edge. I think they can control the game. Well, I know that I'll be betting Frank Clark to win the MVP. Yeah, my riser Johnny, theory. Johnny Mac take it just seriously. put him in take his place. Falls off a cliff to Frank Clark. Frank cliff. Clark's a pretty good player. I, yeah, he's he, he is a pretty good player. If they say he's going against Mylotta, and then Karloftis is in there in that in that same situation. So, you know, I'm that's, surprised Karloftis isn't on the freaking risers. That's yeah. they're struggling to get people. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, the riser factor is something I never yes. thought about, John. Apparently, yeah, I'm a bigger Frank Clark fan than than Johnny Mac is. But your your point <laughs> is well taken. The Eagles are unquestionably the the better depth team. If you're matching the rosters from top to bottom, the Eagles have much more depth than the Kansas uh, City Chiefs do. But they do have Andy Reid, and he does have the experience. Mike, I got to ask you about the head coach of the Eagles. I've been impressed with the way Sirianni has handled himself, certainly all year and even this week leading up to the Super Bowl itself. But it's a major step up. And until you've coached in the Super Bowl, you haven't coached in the Super Bowl. And it, you don't exactly know how the pressure and the magnitude of the game is going to hit you. How comfortable do you feel with this second-year coach coaching in the Super Bowl <laughs> against the guy? Hey, five well, years ago was Dougie P against Bill Belichick, and I was going like, uh-oh, this could be problems. <laughs> and we know how that worked out. Should we feel the same about Sariani against Andy Reid? I mean, I guess. They're the favorite team. I, I would think that that would be a, a, a major factor. Um, yeah, the coach means a lot. I mean, Andy's, Andy, Andy Reid has seen it all. So uh, I think he's uh, his he and his staff are very adaptable. They they can adjust. Uh, how do the Eagles adjust if Kansas City does stop uh, a semblance of what the Eagles are going to try to do to run the football? Now, how how would they adjust to that? I mean that's 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 major. So that's that's on Sirianni's lap. Um, and Andy Reid, you know, I Andy Reid was maddening when he was here for me. Um, I know he built the franchise, but there there were so many little fundamental things that that he was missing because of his stubbornness and, and he's going to Kansas city and, and he's figured out that, that if you have a quarterback who can do these kind of things that you, it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter what you do out there. Really. The quarterback is, is the whole essence of it. And the, the fact that he, that he replaced Tyreek Hill this year and just went on with, and then he, fi- he finds Pacheco out of the blue and, uh, you know, he, he finds people and he played, I was talking to Brian Westbrook about that. And he says, his whole thing is, he gets guys in space by okie doking you the other way. And uh, he puts his playmakers in space and they make plays for him. And, and that's basically what he did with Westbrook back then. And he's done it at a higher level uh, in Kansas city. But you remember the days when he was here, he didn't need wide receivers. He didn't need this. He didn't need that. It was maddening. Uh, he, he didn't need to run the football. And so against the, uh, I remember one particular game against Cincinnati where they had the worst run defense in the league. He's, and he threw it 63 times. And he would just, he made you crazy here. But, you know, now he's just like, uh, he's a Hall of Fame coach. He goes to Kansas City. He, he you know, there wasn't that Philly pressure. And he's evolved into a, a classic Hall of Fame Super Bowl type coach. So, yeah. yes, he, they would have the edge in this game coaching wise. Yeah. So many storylines in this game, Mike, as a whole. Andy, as we know, is already the winningest coach in Eagles history. If he wins this game, he becomes the winningest coach in Kansas City history. So to do it's it at phenomenal. that kind of level, yeah. You, know, you uh, got to give him a lot of credit. I mean, he was yeah. here. I remember uh, doing a show. He, he, he was uh, the longest tenured coach without without winning a Super Bowl. Uh, I think there were there – were, 
two guys. I think Jeff Fisher was first. Sure. And, and Andy was second. And uh, and yet he was still a good coach. Yeah. And, and th- that thing bogged him down so much. And he, he thought he had the quarterback to do it. And, and in the, the most, you know, the, 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 most important moments they they just didn't get it done in nfc title games and and now it's like you know he's he doesn't have any of that shadow that follows him he's just he's andy reed he's doing freaking state farm commercials now yeah that, mikey it could be i want better, to ask by you, the way that state farm commercial but that's just, i like it he's good in it he's really? good yeah he's All really right. good in it right. you know that personality pops out of him and and we're supposed to believe he throws the magic marker, right? Because you don't actually see it, but you hear it as Mahomes is going. It happened again, Coach. Yeah. Uh, he does a good oh, job yeah. in that. We we, we all agree on that one. All right, here's a question I have about Jalen Hurts. Had a great year, unbelievable step up. Gonna get paid forty five million per. We know a lot of the ancillary stories with Jalen, but I'm just talking about next Sunday. This year. As good as he's been, and he's been great. He's the runner-up MVP to Mahomes, and shoot, maybe even steals it. Doubt it, but I uh, give him the shot. Um, he hasn't been in that many games, Mike, where he's had to rally the troops down at least a touchdown, maybe more. They have the two easy playoff wins. Yeah, they got beat by Dallas, but he wasn't even in the game. They had the ugly game against the Commanders early, four turnovers. Not really all his fault. He wasn't the one who got tackled from behind Quez Watkins. Got to put the ball away. Um, but he, the Colt game is the only one where he really came from behind, led the team. If they fall behind by 10 points going into the fourth quarter, can Jalen Hurts rally this team to a victory? That's a major point that you just hit on, Jody, uh, because you're right. They have had control of most of the games. And, and in the playoffs, let, let's face it, they've, they, they, you know, by, <laughs> by circumstance or whatever, they really had the easier road and they haven't been stressed out that way. Kansas City's going to score. Uh, when you least expect it, they're going to score. And uh, they may get ahead early. And uh, so there's where Sirianni comes into play. Does he have the patience to just grind it along and do do what they do? Uh, much less the fourth quarter, they get behind early. But the fourth quarter is going to be really interesting because he's going to have to be in some dropback situations and, and deliver a football. It's a big and unknown in the game. It, it really is. I mean, the way this game plays out defines what you're going to see on how good the Eagles are. They're, they've been good because they've been able to control. And so you're right. I haven't seen the other side of it. Do we want to see the other side of it, though, Mike? No, I mean, you you, you want to get the lead. You want to play. Everybody wants to play with the lead, right? If you're good enough to play with the lead, I've never kind of understood the sentiment of we need to see this, we need to see that. No, I'll take thirty-one to seven. If well, you I'll take it also, John. But like when when the other side happens, like Joey's bringing up, do you have enough of a frame of reference? But can they get to the finish line without seeing that frame of reference? And is that a bad thing? That's not no, a bad it's not thing, a bad right? thing. But, uh, you know, I maybe they'll be able to dominate a, uh, a team like this early on and get the lead and take control of it. I, I don't know. This is a pretty well, good that, team. That, that, all right. That leads me to my next question. Cause I know what I believe. So I want to get your guys thoughts. If this game is going to be a blowout and I'll say two touchdowns. So somewhere in that range, I think that's the Eagles game. I, I think the Eagles can blow out Kansas city. I don't think Kansas city can blow out the Eagles. Hmm. I don't see a blowout in, in either. Yeah, space. I don't see a blowout either. But 
I didn't see a blowout against the 49ers. That's the formula to win. Because then he may make a crazy throw for an interception and 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 dig him worse. I feel like if he's in a deficit yeah. situation, I'm talking about Mahomes. Um, yeah, I that that's the, the the temple to win this game. You get control early and you do what you do. You impose your will on, on that other team. You pin your ears back. You go after him. And, but you know, going after this guy is weird because it doesn't. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend that. The blitzing fans, you know, put that. Can, in the you back can't pocket. blitz him. No, you can't blitz that in the back he, pocket. He tears up a blitz. There, yeah. <laughs> like, like even uh, like last week, he tore up a blitz. Tell Seth to, to put it in the back pocket this week, Mike. This is yeah. not the week I mean, to blitz. You know, and you hit you hit on a great like with, with this influence. They lose this game with this influence. His marketability. Who start signing him to the next deal? Well, if yeah. you're if you represent him, um, would you bet on him for another year, or or would you like because the Eagles are going to try. Burrow is going to get fifty plus million. Yeah, in this particular situation, so that that value is going to go up. Does he? Does Jalen take forty million right 40 now? Forty plus. Forty plus. I, yeah. uh, Joe Banner put it out. He he put it at forty seven to fifty two. That's wow. where he put it, and he said you better act early because Burrow and Justin Herbert are coming. So yeah, the, the Eagles they're they're typically they try to get things early because this. As strange as it sounds, 47 would be a good deal from the Eagles' perspective at this stage of things. That's I said, crazy. I said with uh, your friend of mine, everybody's friend, Glenn Macknell on WIP yesterday, um, and we're all, all old enough to appreciate this, A-side, B-side vinyl. What would that be, uh, Mikey Miss? It would be called a what? We're talking vinyl, and you only got an A side and a B side. It's not an album. It's only two hits. What do you call it? A forty-five. Forty-five. That's where you start with Jalen Hurts, and it goes <laughs> okay. up from there. Forty-five <laughs> and escalating. So that's what you the number's going to be. Little disc that you used to put on the uh, yeah, and yeah, I had put it in the middle, yeah. shrink it down so yeah. you can play the forty-five. Is exactly right. Got to get a thirty-three. To get that going. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. That that's what Eagle fans are expecting. The hometown discount. Not happening. No, Forty-five not happening. plus for Jalen Hurts. All right, Mike. Uh, do want to ask you about this? And oh, by the way, John, in answer to your question, the only way the Chiefs pull out the Eagles is if they win the coin toss. Uh, and uh, take the ball first and then go down the field. The Eagles win the point. Kansas City's got to score the first time making the ball. If they do, then that could change the dynamic. Other than that, I'm with you. I don't think so. They win the coin toss, they're going to take the ball. That would be like one of the most unusual circumstances ever. Nobody yeah. takes no, the ball. That, Nobody that's takes only the ball. that's only Philadelphia. Yeah. Andy Reid is actually <laughs> open minded enough to say, oh, he's yeah, let, let, let me have my guy Mahomes get the ball first. Okay. Nick Sirianni would never do that. Um, I uh, so the Eagles have a bunch of guys that have been there before, Mikey handful of guys, Super Bowl champions. They're huge this week and just relating what you need to do to get prepped for the game and the like. It's not the quarterback, Jalen Hurts, first time ever, but he has played in championship games on the collegiate level. Can you count those two things? Yeah. Are college championship games even in the same vicinity as what a Super Bowl is? Well, for him, they are because he's like – his pulse is like uh, 80. You know, I <laughs> – I never, I've never said, I, I don't think this guy is going to get flustered at all in, in this kind of a stage. Maybe it does have something to do with that he's been there before, but maybe it just that's just the way he's wired. Like, I've never seen a guy that's this serious about life or football. So, at I, I 24, don't know. by the way, 
Yeah, yeah, usually you're a knucklehead at 24, not this guy. Yeah, it's it's like he's like 50. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no, I don't I don't think that will be a factor in this game. And and you know he's got two things on it on his side. He's got that kind of experience where he's like, he's just unflustered. I mean, the guy that's like, uh, I don't think he's going to start to get flustered now. All right, at Mike Miss twenty five. Follow Mike on Twitter. Uh, Jacob Media post game show Super Bowl edition coming up uh, later this week. Um, you can listen Mike Theris podcast as well. I'll I'll leave it here because I want to bring up Howie Roseman because we keep talking about coaches personnel. I gave you my riser theory, which admittedly is goopy. However, the guy responsible for putting all that talent together is Howie Roseman. Is that more important than any other aspect? Julian Love says this is a personnel-based league, Mike Missanelli. It's a phenomenal job. I mean, listen, we've been all, all back and forth on, on some of the things Howie's done, and uh, he looked at every weakness they had this year, and he attacked it. And he attacked it with, like, really thoughtful, good players who uh, he saw would work. And uh, You know, they, I keep looking at C.J. Gardner-Johnson. I happen to think he's a... a a really good football player. And and to me, that was the golden ticket that, that he got. C.J. Gardner-Johnson. There have been other guys, obviously. And Bradbury's been phenomenal. Uh, 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 and then the guys in the middle were, were, you know, in the middle of the season, we're all freaked out about how weak they were in the middle. And he, he plugs that hole, and all of a sudden it's not a problem. Everything he's done this year is, has been just phenomenal. So, yeah, I, I, I've got a bow to him, uh, uh, and and he and his staff, they, they figured it out. Uh, they did it, and look how complete. They're the most complete team I've ever seen. Yeah. You know, I'm following the Eagles. Yeah. I've lived in this town for a lot of years. They're the best team. I mean, you, you compare them to 2004, they're better than that team. You compare them to 2017, they're better than that team because they're deeper, and and they're you know, they just don't seem to have a weakness. Their offense and defense uh, in, in conjunction, their point differential approves uh, it. Uh, and they've got a quarterback who uh, the whole thing revolves around, and, and he bloomed like I've never seen any athlete ever in this town go from questionable to MVP candidate. I've never seen it. So, yeah, you got to give him credit. Now, whether they knew, whether they anticipated this with Jalen Hurts, I guess it doesn't matter because they hit on it. Right. Uh, they can uh, stand there with a straight face and go, we knew this was happening. Yeah. They could be lying through their teeth, but it doesn't matter because there's nothing you can do about right. it. Yeah. They probably are. Sometimes like, yeah. you throw the horseshoe in the air and it, it'll, it's a rigor. Yeah. Well, know? people I, forget. I bring this up all the time, Mike. They tried to trade for Calvin Ridley. That blew up because Calvin likes the betting apps. They tried to sign Christian Kirk. Uh, Jacksonville just overpaid him to a ludicrous degree. They went after Allen Robinson. After they failed, they failed, they failed. They said, oh, we got to get a receiver. We got to get a receiver. All of a sudden, A.J. Brown's here. If you get one of those other guys, they don't even look at A.J. Brown. It, 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 you're right, John. And it's such a charmed existence that they hit on all these things, even though like they, they may have backed into a few of them, that I can't imagine they're going to lose the Super Bowl now. You know, it just has that feel where everything clicked, and, and here we go. All right, so staying in the glass half full mode, that they're going to be victorious against Kansas City next Sunday. Yeah, he's got his work cut out for him all off season with the free agents that they have. Will history repeat itself with the coach? Because Johnny will fact check me on this one. I think it was sometime during the summer camp, and maybe already open. But they did a contract extension with Doug Peterson after he won the Super Bowl. 
do they go there with Sirianni? They don't have to. He's got years left on his deal, but you kind of set the precedent. You win the Super Bowl, your second year as head coach of the Eagles. Yeah, we're going to tack on years to your contract. How he's going to be busy doing a whole bunch of other stuff, getting guys re-signed or attempting to get guys re-signed. If they win, is Sirianni's contract extension a priority for this organization? I, 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 I don't know if it's a priority, but the, the, you have to look at the way they, they found this guy. And uh, like for them to give him an extension is an endorsement of their genius. You know, because I ain't be honest with you, um, he, the way he started out, and if he was like that in his interview, like, oh, you yeah, know, he's a little too high schoolish. Uh, and they saw something that maybe I didn't see any of us saw. So that would just be an endorsement. <clears throat> they like they like to tell people every now and then how yes. smart they are. Oh, so yeah. like an extension would be just right. how smart we are. See? So yeah, right, well, not not every once in a while, Mike. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. Following that logic, sure. Why not? Yeah. All right, I I'm uh, been th thoroughly entertained because we got a Harry High School reference and a play like your hair's on fire reference from Mike Missinelli. That's that's a five star appearance. Yeah, I've been trying to not use that hair on fire reference. That's kind of old. The Harry High School. I'll, I'll, I'll always stay with that. I like it. <laughs> uh, Mikey Miss, see if you can sneak it in next week. Uh, certainly, everybody be watching the Eagles post game show right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Uh, and oh, we are looking forward to closing this season out with a with a Super Bowl winning post game show. I mean, we'll Seth be in a good mood if the Eagles win the Super Bowl. We'll Seth be in a good mood, and it's the last chance for Seth Joyner to actually jack up somebody who's walking behind us trying to mug for the camera. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel fun. bad for Devin at times. Too many, too many guys <laughs> walking back there. Yeah. Yeah, she, she she does grab attention. Uh, Mikey Miss, thank you very much for doing so. Uh, we'll be watching you next Sunday. Thank you. Have a great week. And uh, we will certainly talk to you plenty during the offseason, brother. All right, guys. Thanks a lot, man. That Thanks, is Mike, Mike. Missinelli here with us on uh, Birds 365. All right. He's John McBone. I'm Jody McDonald. That makes this Mac a Mac on Birds 365. We've still got an hour and change left to go, including an appearance from our friend, special uh, Ed. Uh, Eddie K is going to jump aboard Mr. Kratz in hour number two. Come back. I want to run uh, something by John. I had a chance last night after talking to maybe my best guest, John McMullen on CBS Sports Radio, had another guest who knows one of the Eagle players pretty well. And I'll give you the details on that when we come back next here on Birds 365. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. 
But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. Post Game Show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post Game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Why do millions of people every year from around the world visit Philly's Rocky statue? You want to tell me the sky is burgundy with green stripes and yellow polka dots? I'll meet you on that. But you're never going to convince me Rocky is anything other than the pure greatness that it is. Never going to happen. Join me, Paul Farber, for WHYY's The Statue. We're going on a journey to explore the biography of the Rocky statue. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac. It's Mac and Mac Cards 365. We thank Mikey Miss for jumping in with us. Uh, Eddie Kratz going to join us oh, in about 25 minutes or so. Uh, so you want to stick around for that. I uh, did want to run this by you, John. Last night, you were good enough to come on my CBS Sports Radio show. Um, and then I had a guest later on in the program where I learned something about an Eagle player that I never knew before, had never heard before. Butch Jones recognized the coach's name. Uh, yes. College uh, football coach, yeah. bunch of different universities, Central Michigan, Tennessee. Right now he's at Arkansas State trying to rebuild that program. Got his work cut out for him with the Red Wolves. I think they were three and nine last year. Um, but he's he's been a, a pretty impressive college football coach for the past 15, 20 years. Well, he was the head coach. He took the head coaching job at the University of Cincinnati in 2010 uh, after a tremendous success at uh, Central Michigan. They offered him the Cincinnati job. He took it. And that was Jason Kelsey's senior year at uh, Cincinnati. And he told us this tale last night that shortly after he got there at Cincinnati, he's got a knock on his office door and in walks Jason Kelsey. And he says, coach, I'm not sure I'm going to be big enough to play in the National Football League. And I want to play in the National Football League. So I really want to think about changing to linebacker. And the coach had watched film on Jason, was just getting to know him, hadn't coached him before, knew that he was a real respected guy in the locker room, but knew that he needed him on the offensive line. He just looked at him and said, yeah, not happening. Jason, we're going to help you put on those 10 or 15 pounds. You're going to need to play center in the National Football. We got complete faith in you that that's going to be the case. No, you won't be switching to linebacker. You're our center. You're staying at center. 
We believe we can make you into an NFL center, help you get there. Yeah, you're not going to be moving. Can you see Kelsey playing linebacker? He, he really suggested that to his coach in his senior years because he was so desperate to get to the NFL. And he was about 268, 270, certainly undersized for an NFL offensive line. I mean, he was a center. He actually asked the coach if he could switch the linebacker, and Butch Jones said, eh, no, that, that, that's uh, not happening. Well, yeah, good for – Good for Butch. No, it doesn't surprise me because uh, Jason, for those who don't know, played running back and linebacker in high school. Um, so that was his background. Um, you know, and, and I don't think anybody, you know, Jason was a six round pick, 280 pounds, undersized. Nobody saw this one coming. Um and 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 the story and and even today's undersized you know it's ironic you bring that up because that was what i i watched zero minutes of the pro bowl games activity whatever the hell it is but i saw some things on on twitter clips and things like that and uh one of the clips was uh max crosby talking i believe it was your guy quinnon williams uh i believe i'm not positive it was definitely max crosby crosby and they were just goofing around and saying what offensive lineman would make the best running back and they said jason kelsey um uh, you know athletic gets down the field makes sense from that perspective but yeah doesn't surprise me at all that's what he played um in high school uh, Cleveland Heights High School. It's like Travis was an option quarterback. Uh, you know, um, they're very athletic uh, for people that, well, people know it about Travis. Offensive line, they know it about Jason, maybe the most athletic offensive line. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. But yeah, that's just history. Linebackers is history. And Coach Jones did say there was at least one NFL team that after his senior season was over before the draft did come in and say, can we see Jason take a couple snaps as a fullback? That they did, even though he had never played fullback in Cincinnati. They were thinking about drafting him as a multi-positional guy and maybe a short yardage goal line type uh, fullback. So they did actually work Jason out at uh, fullback uh, prior to the draft. And uh, the thing about Coach Jones and the Kelsey's, that senior season for Jason, his brother didn't play. Travis was suspended. Uh, marijuana. No, it's not officially stated that that, but he was suspended for drug use. You can, you can say it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I said, most people know that it was marijuana. But he missed the entire season. Coach came in, had to suspend him immediately, and they said, here's the deal. We're, we're, we're keeping the scholarship in place. But you have to get a 3.0 grade point average. Otherwise, the scholarship for next year, which would have been 2011, would be rescinded. And sure enough, Jason uh, Travis got a 3.2, which he said, Coach, I'd never got a 3.2 in my life before. And he said, Jason just rode him the whole year. 
even though he wasn't part of the team, wasn't they just had to take care of his own business as the center, trying to get ready for the NFL draft. He said he stayed on his brother the entire time, and that's why he did get the grades, and that's why he was able to come back and have two more very good seasons and make himself into an NFL player. But he said he got 3.2, and he would he said, I would have bet against it. Uh, but uh, he did the work. He got it done. And he's told another great story about 2011 after Jason had left. They brought in a group that works on team bonding and, and group mentality and stuff like that. They hire from outside um, to, to work with the military, as a matter of fact. And they brought them in specifically before the season started to work with their players. Um, and they put them through drills and ask them certain questions and make them do activities. And then at the end of it, they meet with the coaching staff after they've worked with the players for several days and they tell the coaching staff who the best leader on the team is. And they all got in a room and they said, coach, the best leader on your team is Travis Kelsey. People follow him. People believe him. he's the guy who they're going to rally around. And he goes, wait a minute. The kid was on a drug suspension last year. He can't be the leader of my team. They said, coach, listen, we're telling you, we, we interacted with these kids for two days. Travis Kelsey is the guy who's got the pull in that locker room right now. So I said, coach, this was 2011. After 2010, when Jason left, right? He said, oh, yeah, Jason was gone by then. Because Jason was the leader of the team in 2010. 2011, it was Travis. Yeah, the Kelseys are just those take-charge kind of guys. And they will be in this upcoming yeah. Oh, Johnny Mac. And anybody who has seen their podcast, uh, they're entertaining guys. They're, you know, they get along with people. Last last uh, last week in the locker room, I was talking to Jason for like twenty minutes. Just we weren't talking about football. We were talking. He's going to have his third daughter um, very soon. In fact, his wife is going to be bringing a doctor to the Super Bowl with her. That's how close it is. Um, yeah, he just engages people. He's he's a people person. Um, Travis, I don't know as well, obviously, because he's not here, but you can see his personality. I mean, uh, he's just popular. Um, and and they both sort of have that it factor. Now, in football, it helps when you're really, really good as well. And they have, you know, the irony of, of, of two brothers playing each other for the first time in Super Bowl is weird enough. The fact that they're both Hall of Famers. Uh, future Hall of Famers, unbelievable. Um, think about the odds of that. Um, yeah, quite the story, the Kelsey brothers. It, it surely is. Uh, so Jason was certainly asked about this this week, and I believe he was truthful, but I don't know if he's truthful. He said the outcome of Super Bowl 57 will not be the determining factor as to whether he's coming back as a Philadelphia Eagle next year, that he will make that decision after all is said and done. And Jason has waited on it uh, when Eagles have had to wait patiently, Eagle fans with him as he makes his decision. He's been doing this. I could retire thing for about five years now. Uh, so he will go through the same process again. You believe him when he says win or lose Super Bowl, not going to have a major effect at all on whether he's going to come back and play in 2023? I believe him in the moment um, because that's what it always is. I've, I've been through this enough with Jason to know. Like he told his close friends on the team, Lane Johnson let the cat out of the bag, probably shouldn't have, that this was going to be his last year. 
but that's that's what he thought back before the season started. You know, when the season ends, you always get the feeling like Jason's not coming back because he's banged up and you go through this grind. And he said, look, he said he'd already be retired if Nick Sirianni didn't come in and change the practice schedule, even though it's not Nick, it's the team. But even even um, Doug Peterson's, like forget about Andy Reid, even Doug Peterson's more physical practices and, and, and training camps and things like that became too much for him as he as he went on in his career. And he said, if that were still the the system set up, he'd already be retired. So the way they scale back and maintenance days and all that has helped him, um, you know, speaking up when I was talking to him, one of the things we did talk about was um, he's relatively healthy. And he said, I seem healthy, but that doesn't mean I'm he's banged up like everybody else. It's a grind to get through these seasons, especially for offensive linemen. So he always gets to this point, whenever this point is, the last game of the season. This, in the case of the Super Bowl, obviously win or lose, it's still the last game of the season. I always get the feeling at that moment, Jason's like, I'm done. But then he goes home and he heals up and he starts to miss it. And he loves the locker room. He loves the camaraderie. He loves the cafeteria. (laughs) at the NovaCare complex and he wants to come back. So I think it happens every year and until he does it, you know, you got to wait and see. But I think in the moment he was telling the truth because I think he already made the decision. This was his last year again before the season started. What he's thinking of in April could be completely different. Right. Uh, that Brady guy retired and then he thought about it. He said, ah, I'll come back and play again. So uh, certainly uh, Kelsey could do the same exact thing. And I'll give you a hot take. And do I know this? I have absolutely no idea, but it kind of lines up. So at least I put it out there as a possibility. One of the individuals who might be key in talking Jason Kelsey into playing another year would be his brother Travis because if the Eagles can beat the Kansas City Chiefs this week and Jason decides, all right, I'm getting away, getting out on top, a guy like Travis could go, hey, best two out of three. All right, you got us this time, but we're going back again next year. Don't know about you and your your buddy Eagles there, but we're going to be back in the Super Bowl again next year. So if you want to give me another shot at you, brother, I'd certainly like to take it. You think Travis tries to talk him into staying in the National Football League? Um, no, I think I think their relationship is, you know, solid and you know, he just wishes the best for his brother and, and vice versa. Yeah, um, but you know that you know there's trash talking back and forth between Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean the whole thing about his mom is hilarious and that, you know, Jason thinks his mom's rooting for Travis because he's the baby. And his mom said, uh-uh, he, Jason's the one that gave me the grandkids. <laughs> uh, Travis hasn't yet. So, um, yeah, the whole thing, obviously, it's a very competitive family. But I, I don't think 
I don't think that kind of thing will have an effect on if he he told the story about about um, I forget who gave him the advice. It might have been Howard Mudd said, you know, if 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 you're questioning something, don't do it. You know, uh, and that can work both ways. And um, you know, if you're questioning retirement, don't do it. Um, if you're questioning playing, don't do it. Um, I think it's really as, as simple as that for him. And when he gets to that point, he gets to that point. No, uh, we shall. But he did say, Jody, I can't imagine not wanting to play football. And, and Jeff Stoutland said, it'll come. I don't know when, but it'll come. I thank you for segueing into the, the next thing I was going to bring up. The only truly real hard news that came out of the Eagles last 24, 48 hours is the fact that the best positional coach in the National Football League is staying put. The Eagles came to a contract extension with Jeff Stoutland to stay as their offensive line coach and running game coordinator, but there were teams that were inquiring about potentially hiring him as their overall offensive coordinator, and Eagles put a kibosh on that by extending Stoutland. He has been in Philadelphia for a decade now, and his uh, heiress uh, runs over three different coaches, which tells you how highly respected he is. New coaches come in and go, oh, yeah, we'll keep Stoutland as the offensive line coach. How big a piece of the puzzle going forward is that for the Eagles, Johnny Mack? Well, it's huge. I mean, you know, um, he's he's one of the best, certainly. Uh, assistant uh, coaches in the NFL. Uh, you've seen the success, the fact that they've convinced him to stay through three coaches now um, tells you how much the Eagles um, um, really lean on Jeff Stoutland. And it's interesting, you know, I don't know about that offensive coordinator stuff. I have not seen one report, one request. Um, and, but But that's the NFL's fault. Uh, because Jeff's 60, um, you know, they should be looking at him, but you know how that works uh, with this league. Um, so I don't know about that kind of stuff about, you know, teams, but they damn well were sniffing around them to be an offensive line coach and a run game coordinator. Um, now, the Eagles have the luxury of knowing, and Jeff has told this story many times, um, he almost um, went back to Alabama. Uh, when Doug Peterson got fired um, and his wife was like, oh, I'm not leaving. <laughs> so, you know, his wife was a big part of him staying um, in the ship to Nick Sirianni as well. Um, so that's part of it. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to be an offensive coordinator. I, 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 you know, Pete fell in love with, with coaching the offensive line years ago when he was in college um, and then he got to be the interim head coach in Miami, um, you know, for a bowl game, I think it was. And he's like, I, I don't even want to do this. Um, he just likes coaching the offensive line, but there's another aspect of his job that is really key. And that's run game coordinator. I think people think that's sort of one of those Cheers made up title. So that's not a made up title. He he puts together the Eagles run scheme. Um and Nick Sirianni has said there's like there's like five people in the world that can do it at his level. Um and there's a big difference. 
and he called it, he compared it to superstar quarterbacks. You know, you can call a quarterback a starter. You can call somebody a run game coordinator, but they don't can't do it at his level. And the Eagles know that. The Eagles know that. So it's very important. And you might not believe that there was a team actually asking him to come in and be their offensive coordinator. Uh, and you might be right. And Stoutland may have no desire to become a team's offensive coordinator. You might be right about that. His agent did a good enough job of putting oh, yeah. some whispers yeah. out there. Well, the problem that it is, would happen yeah. just to get Howie off his stuff and go, hey, and that extension needs to get done. That extension needs to get done. Now he needs to be one of the highest paid positional coaches in the National Football League. And he got the job done. So I, I don't even know who his agent is, but I tip my hat to Jeff Stoutland's agent. Well, the problem the problem is, and why you, you have to request interviews for people, and that becomes public, even though the NFL doesn't, you know, through the Tom Pelliceros, the Mike Garofolos of the world who work for the NFL, they get that information. So ultimately, all those requests get publicized, and I haven't seen a request. Now, Howie knows that too, but that's just to make him look good to the public. Bottom line is the Eagles have tremendous, tremendous respect for Jeff Stoutland. And as I said, that's more an indictment of the NFL and people in these other organizations who are so close-minded. They should be looking at him. And I don't even know if he'd listen. I don't think he would listen because I don't think he wants to move away from coaching the offensive line. But the Eagles knew all that. He was never leaving. But it was interesting timing. Right. And I guarantee you, again, his agent told him, even if you don't, even if the wife has laid down the law again, you're not leaving Philadelphia. We're going to keep that on the hush hush, okay? Let me do my job. Let me play the game. Let me see if we can get this contract extension done at numbers we like. I guarantee you that. Without having been behind closed doors down at the Novacare Complex, I'm telling you that's exactly how it came down over the last week or two. He's John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. We are Mac and Mac Birds 365. We're getting Ed Kratz up here on Monday. Eddie doesn't usually do Mondays. Chris Franklin is usually our Monday guy, but he's all hell out in Arizona already. Ed's not leaving till tomorrow, so we're going to get Eddie K before he gets to Arizona. So a special Monday appearance of Ed Kratz here on Birds 365. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to ocean. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online.
Why do millions of people every year from around the world visit Philly's Rocky statue? You want to tell me the sky is burgundy with green stripes and yellow polka dots? I'll meet you on that. But you're never going to convince me Rocky is anything other than the pure greatness that it is. Never going to happen. Join me, Paul Farber, for WHYY's The Statue. We're going on a journey to explore the biography of the Rocky statue. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Johnny Mac and Jody Mac is Mac and Mac Birds 365 on Super Week. It's Super Monday because uh, we are now less than seven days before the Super Bowl. We got through last week, the down week, the bye week leading to the big game. We're now actually in the week of, and the Eagles already in Arizona prepping through different times, different ways, something you're not used to spending an entire week in the city where you're going to be visiting. Nick Sirianni, never done it before with this group. I have faith in him, even though Andy Reid has been there and done that several different times. I think Sirianni's of the right mindset to get the Eagles prepped and ready. Ed Kratz is ready to help us get prepped and ready for the big upcoming game. Ed, uh, I know you're heading out to Arizona tomorrow. What's the most important thing you have to do in prepping for the Super Bowl? Um... I don't know. Make sure I have a couple pairs of shorts packed because unlike Minnesota, the weather's going to be pretty nice, I think. Yeah. You know? yeah. What's not going to be nice is moving around. You don't have that Mall of America. Yeah, you, you, you don't have just walk across the, the mall for uh, player availability. Yet. Yeah, but, you know, that walk was an adventure, John. If you that remember, was there adventure. was, a, you know, a 15-foot pile of snow in one corner that you had to scale like, a you know, a mini Mount Everest. And then there were, you know, slippery spots with ice in the parking lot. So, um, you know, there's give and take. And, there you is know, give and take. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take the shuttle buses and the short pants over the, the hike. over. The <laughs> I'm, with, I'm with you. I won't be out there till later in the week, but you'll be out there tomorrow. Um, you know, we started, Jody was just talking about the coaches and, uh, you know, it's obviously an interesting matchup for a number of reasons. Obviously you have experience versus uh, a young coach. You also have Andy's history uh, here in Philadelphia, but Nick's history in, uh, with Kansas City. That was his first position uh, 
first job in the NFL, first job as a position coach. He met his wife out there. He has a lot of friends out there. So Kansas City means a lot to him. Coaching matchup. Who do you like? Why do you like him? Oh, you know, it's hard not to like the Chiefs and Andy Reid. I mean, this guy's a Hall of Fame coach. Nick, I'm still waiting to see how he does in a big game, in a close, in a close big game. He's had game. big games. He just blows people out. That's not a bad thing. No, it's not. And if they play to their script all season, it'll be a blowout, and we won't have to worry about Nick's coaching decisions. But I'm not sure it's going to play out that way. But, you know, Reid and his staff, I mean, there's a lot of experience on his yeah. staff, too. You mentioned Nick meeting his wife in KC. Well, Spagnola met his wife when he was working in Philadelphia and he's still married to her. They still come back to Philadelphia a lot. They have a place here. His wife still works and she does some work in Philadelphia. So, you know, that's even more interesting when you think about it is Sirianni met his wife in KC when he was there and Spags met his wife when he was in, in Philadelphia. Um, but you know, you wonder if Sirianni's going to win any of these people over that are starting to dislike him because of the face and because of his emotion that he shows because on the, the side. Face. He's got <laughs> he's got a week to try to win people over to say, hey, you know, I'm not a bad guy. You know, I just like to wear my emotions on my sleeve. But if you're talking from a strategical standpoint, you have to go with Andy Reid and his staff, in my opinion. I mean, they've been in the Super Bowl, which is their third and four years, Kansas City. I know the teams yeah. are different, but, you know, there's still a lot of players on that side that Reed's coached, and it's definitely an advantage, KC, in the coaching department. Ed, if you are right, and Nick Sirianni works on winning people over this week, I'll actually be disappointed in him because, uh, yeah, we're Philly guys, and we see it from a Philly perspective, and we love the fact that he coaches with his uh, emotions on his sleeve I don't want him changing anything. I want him to be Nick Sirianni leading up to this game. It's been pretty damn successful, 16-3. and three. I, I don't want him changing this week. Do you? Well, I mean, you know, that villain role, you have to embrace the villain role, I guess, right? Yeah. That joker. You're to talking to two wrestling guys. We understand the whole villain role thing. Yeah, Me and McFarland. He's heel. not going yeah. baby face on us yeah. this week. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, listen, you're right. I don't want him to change, but, you know, there's more to Nick Sirianni than what you see on a sideline with a camera in his face every week. I mean, uh, you know, maybe he'll show that side and, and um, you know, earn some sympathetic votes in his favor, so to speak. I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you don't want him to change. You want him to be himself. But at the same time, there's a lot more to him than what the, the yeah. nation sees every Sunday. Well, Nick is the nicest guy in the world, but. You know, is it just the the is it just a new age way of coaching, showing the emotion? You know, you go back, I always bring up Tom Landry with the suit on or Bud Grant, and he's so stoic. That was supposed to be how you were as an NFL head coach. And all of a sudden you got Nick acting as Mike Missinelli said, Harry High School at times. Is that just the way the the new age of the NFL is going? Well, I mean, who are some other new age coaches that you can compare? Mike to? McDaniel's a goofball. He's a goofball. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Some of the young, you know, other guys, some of the other young coaches, uh, uh, Tone chimes in, Sean McVay is very animated, maybe not to the degree of Nick, but that's true. Um, 
I mean, we a little Tom, bit. We still remember Tom Coughlin too when he was on the sidelines. He was Man. very animated. A lot of people didn't like him for his animation and his, you know, his red face and his, you know, the look that he he put out there too. So, you know, I just I don't know if it's a new age thing or or it's just kind of been there all along, and you know, we're we're paying more attention to it now because it's a coach in Philadelphia uh, who's doing this. I mean, Peterson wasn't like that, right? I mean, he was pretty. Just staring no, at his he's, Yeah, he's pretty yeah, he up. comes from Andy's, yeah. Yeah. Kevin yeah. O'Connell, he's a he's another guy who cheers when his team scores. Younger yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have a problem with it. If you don't want somebody to cheer, to me, it's always been pretty easy. Don't let them score. Coach mm-hmm. can't cheer, player can't cheer, can't dance, can't celebrate. Stop Oops. it. It, it's so hard. Listen, I, you know, I do a little coaching and wrestling, you know, high school wrestling. And when your guys are out there and, you know, it's an emotional match and a heated match, it's hard not to get excited. And, and, and you know, I would hate to see a picture of me, you know, you know, when my guys are out there too, because I can get pretty emotional. And, and I just think it's the nature of the business and people handle it differently. Nick handles it one way. Maybe it's that Italian heritage and, yeah. and other coaches, you know, not so much. They keep it buttoned up. By the way, Jody, I have given Ed some excellent coaching advice during the year as he coaches his uh, wrestling kids. Can you confirm that, Ed Kratz? Yeah, yes. It's it's uh, the five core principles: (laughs) accountability, connecting, (laughs) competing. You know the same thing that we hear uh, from Nick and his thinking. Parroting Nick Sirianni is going to help you help your wrestlers. It works in all uh, frames of coaching, Jody. Okay, starts with connection. Yeah, uh, we just we just won the district tournament, team tournament see? for the first time in school history. I don't want to take credit for that, but I'm going yeah. to take credit for that. When, because when that you're advice. giving your championship acceptance speech at the end of the year, will you be referencing John McMullen and Nick Sirianni <laughs> helping you get to where you needed to be as a coach, Ed Kratz? Yeah, I'm, I'm not. A, I, I need not. a video of that. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, I'd like to stay in the background. I'm just I'm just consulting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, All right. uh, I need you to consult on a prediction for me for this game, Ed Kratz. Who oh. will be the Philadelphia Eagles' leading rusher in Super Bowl Fifty Seven? Mm. So I guess my choices are Hertz, Sanders, and Gainwell. Right? It could be it could be Devontae Smith on a jet sweep going ninety-seven yards. Yeah, I'm not counting out anybody. I, I don't. I don't know about that one. Um, I, I'm just trying to get. I know. I know. Already. Give me another option here. You know, option D. Uh, Could I, be Boston I, Scott. Miles sprains an ankle. Boston Scott goes in, and uh, you know, who knows? Who knows? Listen, I, I think the way Kenny Gainwell's playing um, in these first two playoff games, it would be hard not to say Kenny Gainwell. Um, although I do think the Eagles are really going to try to get Miles involved against this defense. Um, I'm going to go Kenny Gainwell. I, I like yeah. the way he's playing. It almost seems like there's already a transition in place for next season with Gainwell taking over as the lead back because I'm not sure Sanders will be back. Um, and maybe we've seen some of that, whether it's conscious or not. Gainwell's really taking a big step forward here, and I'm, I'm going with uh, Playoff Kenny, as he likes to be called. He gave himself that nickname. In Playoff the- Kenny. Playoff, Playoff Lenny. Kenny. Playoff Kenny. Playoff um, Kenny. Yeah, yeah. so – I'll go playoff Kenny just based on what he's shown so far. Now, didn't I'm, I'm didn't really little... work for playoff yeah. Lenny this year. He didn't do much for the no. Bucks in their playoff <laughs> game. So not sure Kenny should go there. 
I'm kind of torn on Kenny Gainwell and for this reason. He's played great, but the the personality of the game it was blowout, blowout. And they were trying to get out of the game. And they were trying to manage Jalen Hurts and trying to manage Miles Sanders. And Kenny got some extra work because it was a blowout. I don't think this game is going to be a blowout. So I think it's going to be Miles Sanders the whole way. And that would lean me towards Miles as the leading rusher. But I think the bigger question is, can Jalen Hurts overcome Miles Sanders? Are, 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 is the shrink wrap completely off Jalen Hurts? If they need Jalen Hurts to run it 17 times, this is the Super Bowl, right? He's going to run it 17 times. And, and he might. If if the Chiefs aren't playing him the way I think the Chiefs are going to play him, uh, he could run 17 times, and he could be your leading rusher because the wraps will be off. There's no tomorrow after this game. It's into the offseason they go. Um, and you have how many months? Six months before you play again? So, sure, wraps are yeah. off hurts, you know, but you don't want to do anything in-game to have him make a trip to the sidelines and then you put Gardner Minshew in. So you still have to be careful in this game with him, but who's to say he doesn't take off running when he gets the opportunity. Uh, if the pocket starts to break down and he tries to make something happen. Um, That's I'm still going game. Well, you haven't talked me out of it. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm going with plus one. I, I think Jalen is going to have a big game on the ground and maybe break a really big one. And it could be a, a game-breaking type reply, but that's just me. We're all clinging to it now. We've got five days to change our mind between now and kickoff. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, our buddy Ruben Frank had a great stat in his uh, 10 observation column over the weekend. This will be the Eagles' fourth Super Bowl. In their three previous Super Bowls, they've never had an interception. They're the only team in the NFL that has played in at least two Super Bowls and not gotten an interception, and they played in three. So the Philadelphia Eagles are due for at least one interception. Who's going to get it, Ed Kratz? Uh, I'll go with uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. I think it'll be him. Uh, hasn't had one since he came back. In fact, I can't remember the last one the Eagles had. They didn't. Did they have any in the playoffs? Bradbury got the big one. Uh, yeah, oh, Bradbury. Jones yeah. at midfield. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so they do have the one. But I'm going to go CJ. I think, you know, and again, I guess it's dependent if Maddox plays because I think CJ has more of a chance to pick one off as playing back at his safety spot where he can kind of roam the field and, you know, look for any errant throws that Mahomes will put out there. And Mahomes does put some errant throws out there if he's under pressure. Um, but if Maddox plays – and there might be some doubt about that because we saw him in a walking boot this week in practice, although it's Saturday's practice. He didn't have the walking boot on. So uh, I think Maddox will play just because this is it. This is the Super Bowl. He played in the NFC title game, 19 snaps. But I'll go C.J. Johnson. I think he's due. When you talk about the team being due, I think C.J.'s due as well. So I'll go with uh, Gardner Johnson on that one. All right, you mentioned, Ed, uh, Spags a little bit, uh, Kansas City defensive coordinator, well-known from his time here, being a, he was Andy's secondary coach at some point, then he was a linebacker's coach, then he kind of moved on and got a coordinator job, eventually becoming a head coach. 
Um, now he's back as Andy's uh, DC. Well known. He's not Wink Martindale, but he's up there as a guy who's going to come after the quarterback, especially on third downs. Um, if if you're in that known pass situation, as as Jonathan Gannon likes to call it, um, you think he's coming after Jalen Hurts, or do yeah. you think he changes up? No, I think he's coming after Hurts. Why wouldn't you? I mean, let's see if we can attack this offensive line, maybe outnumber them, bring in an extra rusher or two to outnumber that Eagles uh, offensive front. Um, sure, I'm sending him. And, you know, you mentioned Spags. He's – listen, that guy was a head coach in the league. Yeah. You know, not overly successful, but when you we start the show talking about experience in the coaching ranks, you know, Spags certainly has it as a D coordinator. And, you know, I think, you know, he might be able to do some things that will affect Jalen Hurts. And I think one of them is to is to bring pressure, um, especially up the middle. The Eagles have been pretty good at sealing up that middle, um, you know, with Kelsey, Simalu, and Dickerson. Um, but with Chris Jones, that's a whole other animal here coming up the middle. So, I, you know, I expect, uh, I expect Spags to come after him. And, I uh, hope Spagnola blitzes because that he, will, in my estimation, lend itself to Jalen pulling it down, taking it off, and making a big play with his legs. They got two rookie cornerbacks out there who are improved. I thought they played Cincinnati real well in the AFC Championship game. He got the biggest, best triumvirate of receivers in the NFL, and Burrow did not break out and win that game. I thought the young cornerbacks played well, but they're still young. And they could get caught with their back turned, with Jalen running up behind them, which could lend itself to a 25 or 30-yard run. So I Spagnola does blitz because I think uh, Hertz will handle it well. I, I want to talk about K- the other side of the ball for Kansas City, and that's their offensive line. Uh, the Eagles have been great in the playoffs with their pressure, with their defensive line, getting to the quarterback, not only causing turnovers, but causing guys to go to the sidelines with injuries. Not going to be as easy this time. Kansas City's got one of the better offensive line. We're spoiled here in Philadelphia because the Eagles have the best offensive line in football. Kansas City's offensive line is pretty damn good, Ed. Yeah, it starts in the middle, right? We're, we're probably most offensive lines should start if you want to be top of the line, so to speak. Uh, you know, Creed Humphrey, uh, a kid that, listen, when the Eagles took Landon Dickerson in that draft, I thought Creed Humphrey was sitting there, and if you wanted a healthy center, you know, because Dickerson came in off the ACL. But I thought, you know, he would have been a – I thought he was, was going to be a better pick than Dickerson. And, uh, you know, Dickerson's really good, but Creed Humphrey's really good too. So, you know, that offensive line is – you know, that's where it starts, is in, is in the middle, and then it branches out from there. Um, but, again, they, they better play well because this Eagles defensive front, you know, the way they're playing, uh, you've you got to block them. And we'll see if they can. Um I think it's an advantage Eagles. If you look at the offensive line for the chiefs versus the defensive line for the Eagles, I, I go with an advantage Eagles, uh, no matter how good that line is, because this defensive front is historic 78 sacks. When you factor in the two playoff games. Um, yeah. So they better prove themselves to be one of the best lines in the league or the Eagles are going to just, you know, run rough shot over them. Yeah, and they do have, on paper, they have one of the best offensive lines. But, and this is where the Eagles kind of set themselves apart on the offensive line as well, they got four really good offensive linemen. And they got sort of the sore thumb, who was Andrew Wiley. And who gets the lineup against Andrew Wiley? Hassan Reddick. 
Mr. 19 and a half of those. How many? 78 sacks. Um, that's a nice matchup for the Eagles. Yeah. They, they can't leave Wiley there on, on Reddick. They have, they'll probably have to give him help. I mean, don't you think? I mean, listen. Well, you to- don't want to help with Travis Kelsey because no. that impacts your passing game. No. So, you, you know, maybe you chip with the running back. Maybe you do some advent- – Andy's really good at that stuff. But that that looks like a big advantage uh, for the Eagles. Conversely, I've been, I've been talking about this, Ed. You know, I talked myself into it during these weeks. I said, wow, Dexter Lawrence – played really well against Minnesota. He's going to be a problem. Wasn't a problem. Nick Bosa is going to be defensive player of the year. He's going to be a problem. Wasn't a problem. Now we get to Chris Jones, who has been the best defensive lineman in the NFL this season. Is he going to be a problem? Well, I mean, if form holds, like you're saying, no, he won't be a problem. <laughs> Listen, Jones was fired up against the Bengals. You know, he was the one saying, you know, Burrowhead Stadium and this and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we'll, we'll see if he brings that same motivation. I'm sure he will. I mean, he's a great player. But, uh, again, Eagles offensive line has played great players, and they've, like you said, shut them down. So we'll, we'll see how the, – you can't let him, you know, wreck the game. Like Reddick wrecked the game against the 49ers for their complete disrespect and blocking him, trying to do things with a receiver and a backup tight end. You know, Andy Reid's not going to have any of that. He's going to have a plan to try to block Reddick. And I don't think that plan is, okay, Wiley, here you go. You're out there on an island. He's all yours. No, I don't think that's going to happen. He'll figure out a way whether he can chip, like you said, with the running backs. And that's an interesting thing. Isaiah Pacheco's a rookie. Yeah. How good is he in pass protection? I imagine at this stage of the season, he's probably better than he was when he came out of Rutgers at the start of the year. Um, but Andy will have a plan. The, those guys in Eric Bianami, they'll, they'll have a plan to block Reddick. If they don't, they, it's going to be a foolish game plan because Reddick can wreck the game. We saw it. We've seen it many times this year. He did last weekend's party. He's done a lot, as you correctly stated. And the Eagles' pass rush is aggressive with their front four. We're not talking about adding one, blitzing, like most Eagle fans would like to see. Jonathan Gunn just doesn't do that, and I don't think he's going to do that in this game either. But they do come hard, and they do come outside. Are you running a risk with that? Because Patrick Mahomes might be the best off-schedule, outside-the-pocket, created-on-the-fly type quarterback. Do you think the Eagles' blitz will have any kind of mush rush characteristics to it to try and keep Mahomes in the pocket rather than let him get outside and start to create some magic. Well, I, that could be kind of an in-game type of feel situation for JG and his staff. I mean, we don't know how healthy Mahomes will be. I'm assuming he'll be closer to 100% with that ankle that uh, has bothered him the last couple of weeks. Uh, I don't think he'll be 100%, but if he's close and he's able to move and get outside and do things on a consistent basis, then, yeah, you might see an in-game adjustment. But I I think it's going to be a feeling out process. I think the Eagles are going to play it straight up, and they're going to see what Mahomes can do uh, physically before they decide to make any you know decisions on whether we should mush rush, blitz, or you know play our ends straight up rather than having them cut inside and leaving the outside exposed. Um, and if they do, then you have to make sure, make sure Kaiser White is is running down the quarterback if he has to. I mean, I thought Kaiser White played really well, by the way, against the Niners. He he did a good job against Christian McCaffrey coming out of the backfield. 
Uh, you know, he tripped them up on one play on a, on a little pass over the middle that probably would have gone for a touchdown if Kaiser's not running behind him and, and trips him at the feet. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Eagles will play it straight up initially, see what Mahomes, see where Mahomes is physically, and then adjust in game if need be. Boy, my, I, my advice to Eagles fans, and I, I've said it, and I'm going to say it to Seth uh, on the post game show, pre game show, uh, for Jacob Media. Let's just put the put the blitz in the back pocket against Patrick Mahomes. Stop talking about it for a week. Then you can start talking about it again. <laughs> week one of next year. This guy's gonna kill you if you blitz. He's gonna kill you. Healthy or not, you're playing into his hands. Right. To me, it's gotta be all right. 78 sacks, go get home. Like you have you've gotten home all year. Why change at this point against the best quarterback in football? Yeah, and they have the horses to do it, right? I mean, we're talking about Reddick, but Josh Sweat yeah. is, is a danger on the other side, oh, too. Yeah. And, and you have that interior. You know, Hargrave has 12 sacks this season. Um, Cox had seven, I think it was. I mean, eight you know, for Bletch. Eight, don't eight for don't Fletch. downgrade Bletch. <laughs> yeah, um, they'll let you know about it if you do. But, uh, yeah, he, you know, the Eagles, they got the horses to do it. They don't have to blitz. You know, they can play it straight up. Uh, if they're not getting home, then maybe you, you blitz them, you know, a time or two in the game. But, you know, we'll see where Mahomes is physically with that ankle, too, before any hard decisions are made. All right, Eddie. The first thing we talked about when we punched you up today was Ed Kratz going shorts in Arizona. He's ready to don the shorts, get out there to Arizona, put the shorts on. Unlike the last time he was in the Super Bowl in the Mall of America in Minnesota because it was nine below outside. Mm. Um, it was just five years ago that the Eagles were in the Super Bowl, but there's two ways to look at it. Either, though, that was a long time ago, if you want to go in comparison to the Chiefs who were just there two years ago, so it really shouldn't matter. It really shouldn't have an effect. Or you could look at the Chiefs prior to Andy Reid showing up, 50 years between Super Bowl appearances. They hadn't been there for 50 years, and now they've been back for the third time in the last four years, there's a handful of guys on this Eagle team that were part of that 2017 team. Yeah, guys like McDonald and McMullen and Kratz are trying to compare the two teams and how do they match up and uh, is it a better Fletcher Cox now than it was five years ago and Jason Cus? Is that going to be part of the conversation when the Eagles are in doing their work getting ready, getting prepped, just hanging out with each other, not in front of media-ites. Do you think that is part of the conversation, or can they just narrow focus and keep this one task, one game in mind and not be affected by anything that has happened previously? Well, a lot of the young guys, like I talked to Jordan Davis on Saturday, and, uh, you know, I've talked to Nicobe Dean, and, you know, they – the, the older guys, the guys like the four you mentioned, Cox, Graham, Kelsey, and Johnson, who've been there, they've already kind of uh, talked to them about the experience and the distractions that are going to be out there. And enjoy the moment, but you also have to do your work, too, so you can't get too caught up in what's taking place. Um, but they've already had that conversation with these young guys, and they, you know, they seem like you know, they've learned the lesson. But until you get there and you experience it, you know, it's it's two different things, um, but I, I don't think it'll be a factor, to be honest. I think the Eagles 
I think they had a pretty good week of work, John. I don't know, you know, what little we saw and but talking to the players. I think they had a pretty good week before they left for Arizona on Sunday uh, with game planning, putting the game plan in. And that's really where you have to start, you know, this, these two weeks between the title game and the Super Bowl, that week before you go to the Super Bowl site is very valuable. You have to make sure you have, everything's in. You've uh, practiced it because next week, the Super Bowl week, this week, it's going to be tough to do those things. Um, So I I think they've done a good job of that. I think they've spread the message that, hey, you know, enjoy the moment. But listen, these opportunities don't come along very often. And Brandon Graham talked about it. He said, look, it it took me eight years to get to my first Super Bowl. And he goes, and I thought I'd get to one. But now here I am five years later, year 13, and I'm going back. And who would have thought that? Um, so I think they're preaching, Hey, this is an opportunity. This is something that we have to take advantage of because you don't know when you're coming back. If you're coming back, look at Dan Marino. He went in his, what was his rookie year or second year? He went to a Super Bowl. Second year. Never went back. So, and he thought he, and he says all the time, he thought he was going back. He thought he'd go back again and again and again. Yeah. You have to take advantage of these situations. You know, one player, you and I, Uh, got to talk to him a little bit in the locker room, Jason Kelsey. You know, we've talked about he's always year to year at this point. Um, You know, he got asked the question, does winning or losing this game, will that have an impact on you coming back? He said no. What do you think Jason Kelsey is, Ed Kratz, moving forward? Is this it? Yeah, he doesn't even know. You know, my I would just be – giving you my opinion. I think that, you know, he's not a guy that likes to sit still and do nothing. Right. I mean, he's kind of admitted that through the years. So uh, he's playing at an awfully high level. Yeah. But then if they win a Super Bowl, I mean, it's hard for him to get his body ready to play 17 games. It's easier now the way the CBA is written, the training camp practices aren't as, you know, intense, or hard hitting, uh, you know, Kelsey gets the walkthrough, you know, the Eagles do a lot of walkthroughs. So that's easier on the body. He gets a day off as a resting player, but it's still hard for him to get that body at 35 years old. He'll be 36 next season yeah. into shape to play. Um, and then he has the family situation. He's got his third daughter who's going to be due any minute, right? Uh, could be, could be this week before the you know his wife even could goes be, to Arizona. Could be at the Super Bowl. Could yeah. be at He's the Super Bowl. The doctor, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's reached out to Zach Ertz, right, about who his baby doc was uh, when Julie and Zach Ertz had their baby boy back in August. So, I to answer your question, I think if he if the Eagles win at all, I don't think he's coming back. I think he'll go out on top. Um, anybody said the Super, whatever happens in the Super Bowl won't impact his decision. So that's just my opinion. I think it's just so hard for him to play and get his body ready week in and week out. I mean, this guy's made 140 straight starts. This will be his 140th straight start. That's, that's amazing. Five pro bowls. Does he want to try to come back and make it a sixth pro bowl to tie? I think it's Dwight Stevens for the most ever by a center in NFL history. He's really close to passing David Akers in most games played, I think he's 12 behind Akers in the most games played in Eagles history. You know, these are all goals that, you know, maybe he wants to say, Hey, let's, let's take a run at him. I'll get my body ready to play one more year. 
Um, but I, I just, I just have a hard time seeing it. I really do. I think he'll probably step away. And oh, by the way, Ed Kratz will ask him that Sunday after the game, and then I'll ask him again at the parade. And <laughs> he's not going to make his mind up on this for months. I guarantee you, he'll. He'll give the Eagles a clue and let Howie know what he's probably going to do. Oh, yeah. Work He'll with. let the Eagles know. Yeah, But yeah. He, he will not be making any public statement to either of these two fine reporters who seem to have a yeah. good relationship with him. No, that's going to be uh, state secret level information. And by the way, the Eagles drafted Cam Jurgens for a reason. They drafted Landon Dickerson for a reason the year before. You know, Jason keeps giving the Eagles a heads up, like, I'm at the I'm at the end, um, but then he keeps coming back, <laughs> <laughs> and the Eagles don't mind. I mean, no. you know, Cam Jurgens, if Kelsey comes back, he might end up being your right guard because Ciamalu's. Yeah, know, we don't talk yeah. enough about Isaac Ciamalu and his free agent status, but you know, Isaac, I think, is gone. Uh, I think some team's going to pay him a lot of money, like yeah. the Lions paid Halapulavati Vitae uh, after that Super Bowl. Um, so I think if Kelsey comes back. Then Cam could be your right guard next year. Over. All right, Eddie K. It is the last time we'll have you on before the game. You're going to be busy running around in shorts, showing off those wrestling thighs out there in Arizona. <laughs> so we're not going to get a chance to get you to get on the record about this game. Here's how I'm asking my final question. Same way I asked Johnny Mack on CBS Sports last night. If the Eagles are to win this Super Bowl, the element of the game, the aspect of the game that they must win, must come out on the right side of would be what? What did the Eagles most specifically have to do to be victorious in Super Bowl 57? Uh, I'll say they have to run the ball probably. I mean, they, they've done a good job in the two playoff games. I think they need to run the ball. I mean, you know, this offense of the Chiefs is very dangerous with Kelsey and Mahomes. I, I don't think a whole lot of their weapons on the outside, but it's still a dangerous offense. Um, so to kind of combat that the Eagles are going to have to control the clock, control the pace, control the football. And the best way to do that, of course, is a good running game. So I think they're going to need to run for over 110 yards, let's say 120 yards, maybe to win this football game. Uh, and, uh, that's to me, the key for them to win the game. And I, I think they will be able to do that. At Kratz E on Twitter, follow him. He's going to be in uh, Phoenix tomorrow. Going to update you from there each and every day. Uh, SI.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles. Uh, I'll turn Jody's question around. How do they lose the game? If they lose the game, what does Kansas City have to do? Well, Kansas City has to control Hurts. I think they probably have to <clears throat> have to get a turnover uh, or two. Um, the Eagles are very good at taking care of the football, but on a big stage, you don't know how that's going to play out. Um, but I think they have to control Hurts uh, because Hurts has some great, obviously great weapons in Brown and Smith and Goddard. And if you're not pressuring Hurts or, you know, making him make quick decisions that he might not want to make, uh, it's going to be tough. And so I think controlling Hurts obviously is the key for the for the Kansas City defense and trying to get a turnover from him, if not two. Yeah, I don't think he's turning it over. I think it's a plus one is a big plus for the Eagles come Sunday. Eddie Kratz, safe flight out to Arizona. We appreciate you. your uh, leading all the way up to the Super Bowl with us all year. 
Oh, we're going to call you after the Super Bowl's over and done. When you got that figured out, right? You know, we're going to continue <laughs> to call you and put you up, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I have a big question mark on my calendar for every day that, you know, <laughs> wondering which day it will be so I can pencil it in. But you, uh, yeah. you, you think McMullen's giving you wrestling advice, coaching advice because he likes you? No, he knows he wants to continue to ask you. Just gotta, I, I got to give my wisdom out, Jody. I have to do it. I yeah, it's to tough go. to keep that bottled up, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any good stuff. Always a pleasure, bud. Thank you much. Thanks, guys. Enjoy See Arizona. After, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Ed. Ed Kratz will be on with us next week after the Eagles and the Chiefs play in Super Bowl 57. Victorious celebration thereafter. A what-the-hell-happened appearance by Ed Kratz next week. Who knows? We got to get to Sunday Ooh. first. We got to come back and put a bow on the show. McMullen, McDonald, Birds 365. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Why do millions of people every year from around the world visit Philly's Rocky statue? You want to tell me the sky is burgundy with green stripes and yellow polka dots? I'll meet you on that. But you're never going to convince me Rocky is anything other than the pure greatness that it is. Never going to happen. Join me, Paul Farber, for WHYY's The Statue. We're going on a journey to explore the biography of the Rocky statue. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Hi, I'm Jim Muehlbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds!
Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac, Philly on Bridge 365, running out of time. Um, did write this down on my show notes. I want to pass it along for, uh, to end on a good note. A good omen. You want a good omen, Eagles fans? Um, football Monday, football in America, whatever Peter Ka- King's column is on Sports Illustrated, uh, or used to be SI now on NBC Sports on uh, what's his name site? Pro uh, Football Talk. Thank you very much. Shame on me for not remembering that. I did read the column this morning. He did something that he did five years ago, Peter King. Met with the coach of one of the Super Bowl teams at his house and drove in to work with him on a day leading up to the Super Bowl. So uh, King goes over to Haddonfield, meets Sirianni, gets in the car with him. They drive over to the uh, Novacare complex. He'd done the same exact thing with Doug Peterson five years earlier. And you know how that worked out, Eagle fans. And he said, as they were pulling into their parking spot, Jeff Stoutland was pulling in in the very next spot and got out of the car at the same exact time and just gave a wave to Sirianni. And King told Sirianni, kid you not, five years ago, as we pulled in with Doug Peterson, as we got out of the car, Coach Stoutland pulled in next to us and gave us a wave as you guys headed on into the building. So if you're looking for an omen, there's one for you. Same exact setup, Peter King with the Eagles coach and Jeff Stoutland showing up for work with a new contract extension in his back pocket, as a matter yeah. of fact. Yeah. Uh, so that- did, uh, did did Peter actually uh, identify Haddonfield? Uh, yeah, I think did- he did. Oh, all right. Yeah. All right. All right. I don't like to give that. Well, we all know that uh, the coach lives in Haddonfield. That's where he gets in fights on tennis courts, right? Yeah. yeah. It's not a uh, state secret. That's kind of out there. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. All right, Johnny Mac, uh, you and I could do this again tomorrow. You're going to Arizona on Friday. Are you stay? Are you on the show Friday, or you got to get out on Thursday night? When are you? Uh, uh, I am. Leaving? I am leaving uh, Friday morning, so we have okay. to figure out the show. Uh, but I'll be here the rest of the week, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I'll be out in Phoenix Friday morning uh, doing some stuff out there with Jacob Sports leading up to the game and obviously the pregame show, halftime show, postgame show, uh, the big game. The big game comes Super Bowl Sunday next Sunday. All right, so Johnny Mack and I will be back right here on Birds 365 in 2-2. Two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.